Hello, everybody. I'm Hoots. I'm a BUDM. I'm joined by Beard, who will be playing Gabe slash Sin. Doctor Whoever, who will be playing Rasp. And Sandy, who will be playing Iktomi. We're going to go ahead and get started here with some backstory stuff. Log one. It has been 90 days since we have been traveling in the time slip. I have put the entire crew into cold storage for their safety. I guess I need something to spend the time with, so I will tell you about the truth of their story and what they have accomplished over the years. But before I get into that, I suppose we need a little backstory on where they came from. We were part of the Rift, a sort of central hub of time and space. You can travel to any dimension at any point in the timeline from there. It is ruled by the Council of the Rift Conclave with its son Galacta and three planets. There is the capital, Ohiri, which is a strange planet, but it is half city and half wild. It is a very tropical planet with its two main voice ports, one in the north and one in the south. The second planet is inhabited by monsters and the unknown. Its name is Geminope. And while there is a few small towns scattered throughout this planet, it is mostly forests and wilds. And then lastly, we have the planet inhabited by the humanoids, Nayama. It is a very civilized place, and it is probably the most hospitable of the four places. Now, the Rift is a very technologically advanced place, and it is the most interesting place that I can think of. Beard here with me. Why don't you go ahead and describe your character for us? Am I describing what he's going to look like or what he looks like before we do Let's the Let's start with describe what Gabe looks like. So Gabe is about five foot eight, five nine, somewhere around there. Slim build, um long blonde hair, blue eyes. He kind of looks like your typical pretty boy from a very wealthy merchant family who's never had to worry about anything ever. Okay. So we are going to open up on your home plan of Barone. And it's very much just 
rock as far as the eye can see. Um, in at the equator, there is three um, elevator shafts almost that rise up into the clouds where you have um, what's called High Barone. And that is the place where all of like the wealthy um, business owners and nobles live. So this is where Gabe would have gone up. And at the bottom of the shaft is um, the lower city. And that is where all of the miners live. And Gabe has just come from a meeting with some of his informants. What did you talk about in that meeting? We talked about um, what the, the nobles and the wealthy have been doing with um, <clears throat> this new soul orb that was invented on the planet. Um, it is a mining planet. That's why people originally came here. The city kind of built up out of the mining towns that were first here. And they mined down deep enough to find this kind of organic material that somebody, some scientist, um, figured out they could mix with magic and create these soul orbs that um, could be inserted into the back of the neck and record memories. Essentially, it was a way to prevent unnecessary deaths, why it was originally developed. I've recently found out that that's not what they're being used for. They're being used by the rich and wealthy to essentially for immortality. They're going to try and keep it for themselves, for the powerful, to be able to live forever and constantly just change them from one body to another by making clones. And I also found out that my family is one of the predominant families that's trying to keep this from the entire population and only for the rich and powerful. So you are walking along with a uh, man by the name of Trevor. Um, you know, he is one of the noble sons that kind of has your similar point of view on these orbs. Um, he's gonna turn to you and, and Gabe, what are we gonna do? We can't we don't have the power to stop them. <clears throat> well, there's there's really no way if we can't get proof, some type of hard evidence that this is what they're doing we'll, we'll never be able to stop them. I mean, we both have these orbs because our families have money, but we always thought that they were available to everybody. And and now we're finding out that the people who need them the most, the ones that are mining this stuff, aren't getting access to them. Or if they do get access, it's at a very high cost that they can't afford. I'd say their life is a pretty high cost. I guess we just got to do more research then. Well, my father has to have information somewhere. Maybe, maybe the next time he leaves the house, I can do some searching. 
see what I can find in his office. Okay, and then we are going to fast forward. It's been about two years from that point. Your father doesn't leave the office a whole lot, but there is one day that both him and your mother have to go to a meeting across town, and you decide to sneak into the his office. What are you looking for in there? Exactly. Are you looking for papers, documents, um, photos? Uh, I think I'm going to easiest access first, try and open drawers in the desk, shuffle through whatever he might have in there. Um, but I know he's got a safe in here somewhere. I just don't know how to find it. Because it, it's a hidden safe. I know it's there. I just don't know where it is. But I'm definitely going to go for the easier access stuff first. Okay, so you find a couple documents, like, just in, like, a filing cabinet in there. And these documents say, are just a um, record of who is, who has bought a clone of themselves, who has... Um, bought a soul orb and like things like that nothing too incriminating but why don't you go ahead roll me a investigation check come on first roll be a good one I like my dice tonight that's a nat 20 for a 22 hey it's not an initiative <laughs> okay so, as you're looking through the desk, you do find a hidden button. And when you press this button, there's a picture on the far side of the wall that moves out to the side, and behind it you see a safe. I'm going to take out my thieves' tools and make an attempt to get into the safe. Okay. Go ahead, roll me sleight of hand. That's a 17 plus... Oh yeah, expertise with these tools. Two times proficiency. 24. 24, okay. Um, it does still take you a little bit, but you are able to get the safe open. And inside you see very meticulous notes um, and all of them are pointing to a loophole in the contracts that they have with the miners um, on the planet and how that while they are getting these soul orbs for free the and like they can get like clones at like their clones at a discounted rate. The orbs themselves do not belong to the person. They belong to the mining company and the nobles and business owners that run it. So even if a miner is looking to leave, the company would just take the soul orb effectively. How does Gabe react? This... this isn't good, dude. 
they basically turned all of the miners into slaves. They can't leave or they're dead. I need to get this information to my contacts and see what they can do about it. And um, I'm going to try and just close the safe, uh, put the picture back, try and make it look like I wasn't there, and just walk out of the house like I normally would. Okay. So, the following night, you are woken up by a sound in the hallway. And all you hear is that boy. He... He's no longer part of this family. And you can hear very heavy footsteps coming closer to your door. Um... I'm gonna grab essentially was it late enough that I would have been sleeping, or was I just in my room? Uh, I'd say you're probably just about ready to head to bed. So, I'm gonna lock the door and try and barricade it, get dressed, grab my backpack with the information that I grabbed, and try and climb out the window and take off. Okay. Uh, mind you, roll me an acrobatics or athletics. So, as you're climbing out the window, you can hear the door rattling and shaking as your father is trying to get in. And he's just yelling and screaming and, like, probably the maddest you've ever heard him be. But you climb down and head to the warehouse because you know this is where you tend to meet up with your contact but what are you trying to do you believe that it since your father has basically disowned you that and he you um oh jeez least what's the word i'm looking for um you believe that he knows that you know the information you know and he will do anything to get it back and keep it a secret. So when I get to the warehouse where I know my contacts are, um, <clears throat> um, Dan, who is not the head of anything, but he's like the highest up that I've ever had to interact with, um, I I'm going to head straight for him. Dan. Dan, we have a problem. Um, I found information in my father's safe, and I'm going to take it out and show it to him so that he can see everything. But, but they know that I found the information, and I think they're after me. We... It'll take some time, but I think the best thing right now is to get you a new body. And get you out of here. Follow me. And he takes you down a couple corridors. 
um, into this basement that you've never seen this basement before. It's not in any of the um, floor plans or blueprints of this place, but he opens this door and inside you see um, body after body and he turns to you, pick one. You see just a multitude, males, females. However, all of them are human. Um, what is the one that you are drawn to? I'm going to kind of look up and down at the row of them. And I'm going to decide on one. Because <clears throat> so I'm trying to go for something that's definitely different. So I find one that's got um, like close, close cropped black hair um, no facial hair um, green eyes about six foot tall kind of slender nothing overly bulky uh, just something that I think is gonna look average blend in with the crowd better than how I currently look and I'm gonna take that one okay so you choose that body and Dan will, there's a special procedure for switching over soul orbs from one body to another, especially if the original one was not dead. Um, so it does take a little bit, but you get switched over and it's like, there's a shuttle leaving in half an hour we need to get you on it and you guys just run across town um, and you stow away on the ship and for a couple of years you just kind of hop from planet to planet like not really knowing if you're safe or not and you get on this one ship and as it's flying you hear this warning bell and a strange voice comes over the PA system and it says prepare to jump dimensions and everything around you just starts shaking and rattling and just as quickly as it started, it stopped. And the plane will touch down, or not plane, the ship will touch down on the landing pad. And you walk out. You have never seen any planet like this before. Um, but it is filled, the city is filled with. Um, Elves, um, all sorts and shapes and sizes. Some of them you've never even seen before. Um, what d does... What do you do? Um... <clears throat> I, 
I think I'm going to do what I've been doing as I hop from planet to planet. I'm actually going to look for what looks like the more run-down and shadier parts of town. Because in all my time of running, I've found that it's easier to go unnoticed in those parts of town than it is if I'm in the nicer, more upscale parts of town. So, um, I guess I'll just wander around until I find an area that looks kind of like it's that more riprap and rundown stuff, and then find a, a tavern or an inn where I may be able to get a room. So, you do find one, um, there is an inn on the, kind of the outskirts of town, um, called the Solus Place, and there is, um, a man behind the counter that has this fiery red hair, um, as a player, you'd know it as a sun elf. Um, and he says, don't see many of your kind around here. What can I do you for? Well, I, uh, I was hoping I could get a meal and a room. You got some coin? Well, I wouldn't have asked for a meal in a room if I didn't have coin to pay for it with. Well, you know, we got those hooligans around here that do. Have a seat, I'll bring you out some. And so you spend some time. You kind of get to know this bartender a little bit well, and he will give you just odd jobs here and there. Um, and... At one point, he gives you a job to bring a package to um, a um, little old elf lady that you know. Her name is Alana, and he just kind of gives her food every once in a while since she's super old. And... Uh, you go to the door. Oh, Sin, it's so good to see you again. What did you bring this time? Well, ma'am, um, I just deliver the packages, but we've got some food and some other stuff for you that I was asked to drop off. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. I love seeing you come and visit me. Would you like some tea? That sounds great. And uh, I'll go sit down and join her for tea. Um, so you guys have tea, have a lovely conversation with her. Such a sweet old lady. Um, and you head on back to the tavern. But on your way there, you get stopped by this small little girl. She looks like she's a human. Has um, very blonde hair. Freckles, green face, green eyes. Um, says, hmm, I like you. Will you come join me? Oh, well, where would we be heading? 
Nowhere special. Um, well, I guess I can't turn down the cutie like you. I'll uh, and I'll follow. Okay, so you reach out. She reaches her hand out to you, um, and you grasp it. But when, as soon as you grasp it, everything around you just goes dark. And then it's always the little kids. <laughs> And you wake up in a hospital bed, and that's where we're gonna end that one. Fantastic. Don't you just love those end dudes? Hey y'all, it's your DM Hoots here. Just want to say thanks for listening to our very first episode of Gilded Rose Adventures. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get some more of us before we release part two of Log One within the next week here, you can find us on Facebook at Gilded Rose Adventures, on Twitter at Gilded underscore Rose, and on Discord. Got some links in the description below hope you enjoyed everything we look forward to seeing you guys again see ya